0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Dear friends of Christ, Every congregation should take time studying 1 Corinthians. It's an important book for the people of God. And we've been reading from 1 Corinthians last several weeks. And we read last week, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now notice, I want you to notice, that he doesn't say you symbolize the body of Christ. He doesn't say that you represent the body of Christ. That's kind of the language some people use for Holy Communion: that the body and blood symbolizes the body of Christ. The body of blood represents the body of Christ. That you symbolize the body of Christ, that you represent the body of Christ. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, he doesn't even say that you belong to the body of Christ. He says you are the body of Christ." Those are incredible words. Paul is direct. Paul is clear. You are the body of Christ and each part a member of it. Those are powerful, life-changing words. Paul also uses the metaphor of a body to explain this mystery that happens. Um, As a body has many parts, so also the church, the people of God are many. As we have one body, uh, each part of that body serves a purpose. Uh, Each part of the body is valuable, whether you feel valuable or not. And each part of the body is connected to the other. How connected do you feel to the body of Christ? You might feel very disconnected. It should not be that way, because the reality is we're not disconnected. If we're disconnected, it's because the Lord isn't living among us in that reality of what we are. So each of us are members of the Christ body, the church. Which part are you? Which part of the body are you? Are you an eye? Are you a heart? That lifeblood of the congregation? Maybe you're a bicep, a muscle that does all the heavy lifting for the work of the congregation. Like a trustee or something. Or or perhaps you're the brains of the operation. And through you and, and because of you, the congregation has direction and moves. Or maybe you're a smaller part. Maybe you're a, maybe you think of yourself more like a wisdom tooth. Or maybe like a tonsil. Or maybe a toenail. One thing's certain, we're all very different. And you look at the body of Christ this morning, I want you to look at the body of Christ, look at the people around you, next to you. Think about all the people that are listening online or listening in on the radio this morning. We are God's church. We are one body in Christ. And we're all members of it. And as you think about us, all the different parts that there are, it doesn't take long to notice there are differences in the body. We have introverts and extroverts. We have Republicans and Democrats. We have young people and old. Oh, there are great differences among us. Differences in income, differences in education, differences in talents. As different as tonsils are from toenails. And the Lord has given each of us a different role. And each of us a different responsibility to the body, to serve the body to take care of the body, to provide for the body, to fulfill in God's church that role that God has given us to play in our life together. But no matter how you choose to play out your role that God has given you to the church, whatever your role is, we all do it the same. In love. And so our theme for this morning... The greatest gift is love. Now, I want you to think about the love that binds us together. Uh, You know, you think in Christianity, we talk more about love because it's all about love. It's all about Jesus' love. And we talk more about not just that He died for us and that He loved us and that He sacrificed Himself for us, but that we then are called to love each other. You think we'd talk about that enough to where we'd start doing it in ways that were very evident but i want you to think about that love that binds us together i want you to think about jesus think about christ's love now think about what he did to save us think about what he endured think about how he suffered think about how he died think about christ's body think about christ's blood And it isn't just Christ's love, it is Christ Himself who in His body and blood gives Himself to us. In the Lord's Supper, He comes to us in His body and in His blood to each one of us. He comes to us in His body, He comes to us in His blood. And through that miracle, God takes this mishmash of diverse, raggy-tag, quirky people, and incorporates us into the body of Christ. We become what we confess. We are the holy Christian church, the one holy Christian church, the apostolic church. We're diverse. Well, like us, the Corinthian congregation was diverse too. They had rich members, they had poor members, Some of the members were slaves, some of them were free, some of them were Jews, some of them were Gentiles. Some of them had special gifts from the Holy Spirit that some of the others didn't have. Paul talks about the gifts for teaching, for working miracles, for healing, for administration, for speaking in tongues. The Corinthian church was blessed. But know this, wherever God blesses his church, the devil won't be far behind. Wherever God blesses his church, the devil's right there putting in overtime. Martin Luther said it. He once said, where God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel. That's what was happening at the Corinthian congregation. There was a rich diversity Of spiritual gifts that should have been a blessing to the people of God, a source of blessing became a cause of division. The people of God divided? Can the people of God be divided in a family? Husband and wife? Can the people of God be divided in a family? Parents and children? Their differences divide them. Oh, it's so predictable. Because it's what sinners do when we see differences among us. We see the differences and we divide. Whether it's politics or whether it's skin color, whether it's status, whether it's education, whether it's personality, we see the differences. And we divide. Satan divides us. And that's what happened to the Corinthian congregation. The devil came in their midst and starts to divide the body. Love? Guess what happened to the Corinthian congregation? Just take a guess. Their body in Christ was divided. They allowed the devil to divide them. Some members developed an inferiority complex. Some members had a superiority complex. Some members bragged about their spiritual gifts and how they were better. Oh, I may not be able to do miracles and heal people, but I can speak in a different language and tell people about Jesus, and you can't. Well, I may not be able to speak in different languages and tell people about Jesus, but at least I can be a leader. And so it went. Some bragged, Others felt worthless. Unfortunately, many of the members felt insignificant. Many of the members felt unimportant. And some members of the Corinthian congregation felt as if they were calluses in the body. Nobody wants a callus. They were in calluses instead of an important part of the body. And... Some weren't the brains or the brawn of the operation and they felt worthless. Do you? Feel worthless to the congregation? And what do you think the worthless people did? What do you think the people who felt worthless did? Take a guess. They stepped aside. Feeling unloved, they got out of the way. It's what useless people do. They let others do the work. My friends, this is not how God's church is called to work. Paul wrote, "You, all of you, are members individu- you're members of Christ and individually members of it, the church. As members of the body of Christ, you have a duty. It's not just that you're saved. It's not just that you're on your way to heaven. You have a duty in this life to one another. And what's your duty? To love. Love the body. And so that bears a question, it begs a question how do you love the church? How do you do it? How do you love the body? What do you do to reach out to the body? To help individual members of our congregation when they're feeling pain? What do you do in time of need when the body is in need? In want, when the body's in grief, in sickness, when the body's in despair, in discouragement, in time of spiritual danger. Listen, we can't brag about our spiritual gifts. Why? Because the greatest gift is love, and it's a gift that we've all been given. None of us are exempt, it's the gift. Christ in us. That love is the lifeblood of the congregation. That love is the lifeblood of God. That love is the lifeblood of His ministry. Of every Christian in the congregation. If we don't have love among the parts of the body of Christ, you know what Paul says? We are nothing. You can be a clang-gong I make a lot of noise, but if you have not love, you are nothing. And so it begs a question. For all of you who are listening on the radio this morning, for all of you who are live streaming, how do you express love to your congregation? How can you do church if your body, if you're not here to be the body of the church? How can you love Christ's body if you're absent from the body? And perhaps a more intriguing question, what has COVID done to the body of Christ? How has COVID divided us? In what ways? How can we love if we're not assembled together? No, we can assemble together and still not love. That's the bad part, too. Paul writes, The greatest gift is love. But how can we do that if we're absent from the body? Again, Paul says, If I have not love, I'm nothing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're nothing without the ability to love and to be loved by God? Do you believe that love is really that important? Well, you do if you believe God's Word, because that's what God's Word says. If I have not love, I am nothing. Again, that's why St. Paul writes, the greatest gift is love. Of course, the love we're talking about here is agape, agape love. It's not the kind of love that has uh, just feelings and emotions. Oh, sure there are feelings and emotions attached to it, but it's, it's not a feeling and emotion type of love. Feelings and emotions don't bind us together. Feelings and emotions don't bind us together as one. As a matter of fact, I would imagine this emotional aspect of love, if anything, has the potential to separate us. Why? Because people feel like I haven't been loved. I haven't been accepted. And if I don't feel loved by the congregation, then you leave. You allow that satanical Emotional love to divide you from the body of Christ. No, emotional love based on feelings is not what binds us together as one body. Do you know what love does bind us together as a body of Christ? It's the kind of love we see from Jesus as he died on the cross and set us free from all our sins. It's a sacrifice. You want to understand agape love, look at the crucifix behind the altar. The nails in his hands and the nails in his feet, the crown of thorns on his head, the spear in his side. Look at Jesus suffering and dying. Why did he do that? Why did he do that for his body, the church? He did that to love you. He did that to save you. And agape love is a sacrifice. Agape love is is sacrificial words and sacrificial deeds. And nobody likes to sacrifice for the body. Nobody wants to do agape love by choice. It's just foreign to our sinful nature. And we don't want to make sacrifices for Christ and the rest of His body, but agape love is different. It's a kind of love that says, you matter more than I matter. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Whether it's a husband loving a Christian wife, or the children loving the Christian parents, or members in our own congregation reaching out to one another in that, in that love, we love and we share love with every member of the body of Christ, even the mean and cantankerous parts. And I can assure you, there are mean and cantankerous parts in the body of Christ because you've been mean and cantankerous too at times. When the body of Christ is hurting, treat it as if your own body's hurting. When the body of Christ is honored, your heart should swell with pride. When the body of Christ is grieving, your heart should break with tears. Again, Paul writes, the greatest gift is love. Agape love is the love of Jesus that lives in us. Agape love only comes from Jesus. And what does it mean that Jesus lives in you? what does it mean that Jesus lives in you? Well, agape love happens in you then. Agape love fills you. Agape love saves you. Agape love drives you. His agape love motivates you. His agape love leads you to love others. John wrote, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us And in Jesus, we have a Savior who keeps no record of sins. Jesus is love in human flesh so that He can love you in your human flesh. Do you feel like your faith is weak? Do you feel like your hope is fading? Faith, hope, and love abide. Do you feel like your love has gone drawn cold? Faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. Come to the Lord's Supper when it's offered, to Christ's body and blood, where He comes to you. He comes to give you agape love. He comes right here to strengthen you. He comes right here to give His life for you, to unite us all as one body of Christ. Church happens right here, right here at this altar. And it's right here you can be renewed. It's right here you can be strengthened to be loved and to love. Don't feel inferior. (laughs) Don't feel superior. For no one is better than the other. You are the body of Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.